Here we are, episode four, with Kurt McDonald and Connor Harvey. Both of them are World Cup mechanics and have also raced on the World Cup scene. They've got heaps of knowledge on what's going on behind the scenes, so we talk extensively about Leo Gang Round 1, why we've picked our fantasy league teams for the season, and we wrap up with a couple of stories from Kurt and Connor about mechanic on the World Cup circuit. I really enjoyed recording this. Hope you enjoyed too. There we are. We're up to episode number four. We've got Connor Harvey and... Kurt McDonald, two uh, mechanics and also World Cup races, I think. Yeah. Kurt's got one under his belt. Oh, swung a leg at it. <laughs> swung a leg. And Connor, what have you got? A couple of seasons? I did one season, yeah. One season, season racing and I've done three mechanicing, yeah. And then Kurt, you won, what, you say six years mechanicing? Uh, I did five seasons on the World Cup. Yeah. Sick. But yeah, we'll start off, I guess, just getting everyone's insights into the, the Leo Gang World Cup, which is going on this weekend. And like practice has been underway and they've just done the time training yeah let's just talk some turkey on mountain bike will going into round number one oh just pissing rain again well pissed rain again <laughs> yeah yeah repeat of, repeat of last year yeah. really. it doesn't look as bad though i don't think because it's not as um oh i think i think it, it doesn't almost, look i think it looks worse because it's that peanut butter mud whereas like, i remember when eddie came back from last season and he gave us a bit of a rundown on it and he said all the practice at Worlds last year was mint because it was raining. It, had, it was pissing rain every day and you could ride the river and it actually had some rolling speed and, and you know, a bit of like prediction whereas race day for the, it stopped raining and it went to peanut butter and the race runs were just carnage because it was that tacky, real heinous, you know, peanut yeah. butter mud and it looks like it's that right now. Looks like it was sticking in people's tyres a lot worse though last year whereas at yeah, least true. it looks like they've still got that tyre clearance. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it doesn't mean it looks much easier. I guess I guess there's all the ruts from last year already there, um, you know, in, in a sense. It wouldn't take much to dig them back out, so they probably got ripped up pretty quickly. Um, but, yeah, it's um, looking pretty spicy. <laughs> yeah, how long, how long do you reckon that section is? Like, mm, I don't know what it would be time-wise. I, I can't imagine it must be more than, would you reckon 30 seconds, 40 seconds probably? I then, can't even imagine whereabouts it is on the hill, to be honest. Straight so up the wall rides, mm. hook a left. Oh, yep, Roger. Yeah. And then down there, and then it just comes out sort of where the steps, the sort of step section mm. was, into the right hand. Yeah, I'd, right I'd say in the dry, it'll be 40 seconds worth of track. And it's close to the bottom of the hill, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you had those fast wall rides, and it cuts out the second one. Yeah, first wall ride, then you pretty much go straight on it. Well, but it's such a deciding factor, it seems to be, of that race. Well, yeah, was there like quite niggly bits up from that? I reckon the probably the, probably the key key bit for that track is actually before the motorway. You would have seen like the sort of stump section in the open. Yeah. And like basically, if you can carry good speed onto the motorway, then you're going to have good average speed the whole way through there. And I think that's probably the key section of the track. Eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you do you race that round? Was it? How yeah, different I raced, was the track when you I raced? I raced, raced the European Cup there and the World Cup there, and that bit was sort of more or less the same they kind of change it a little bit through that top bit there but um it used to be trees and they'll just cut it all in and just over the years the, the roots have come out more and more um and it seems now that it's exceptionally hard to to uh, carry speed yeah through there like you sort of would have, i don't know if you probably remember last year at wells but there's basically everyone was just sat there puzzling like reese walton had that line where he got, gapped in over the stump and yeah it's quite a few big crashes and stuff there but yeah, you'd, you'd see a clip of Reese making it look like it was really doable. And yeah, yeah. Bruni comes through and man, yeah, just, just a big crash. And you're like, yeah. oh, it must be really hard. Yeah. 
yeah and even videos from yesterday it was carnage again yeah <laughs> it was yeah it looks like a hectic section and if you do crash then you just you're just there's your race done and there's yeah. there's stumps everywhere yeah Big stumps everywhere yeah, mm. <clears throat> yeah. Well, well we've had the time what do you reckon from the time qualifying because we're Amori finishing first and then was it Thibaut the, Deprella Thibaut second well, but it was quite big gaps back to each rider yeah, as yeah. well like 3, 7 was, I think it was over 10 seconds between the top 10 yeah. so do you reckon that would have just been that section um, it's kind of it's hard to say really isn't it I mean it looks like that top section is chopped up a bit as well mm. in the open A eh? there's some big ruts up there where you go off the off camber at the start gate yeah straight out the start gate and you've got three ruts to choose from yeah. in that off camber um, I reckon it looks like a pretty wicked track. It looks really mm. good. Yeah. yeah. Considering yeah. like a few years ago, it'd get to Lear Gang and you're like, yeah. not this bike park again, but it looks yeah. awesome, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Eddie sort of touched on it on the podcast here with him is like, it's, it's actually a really good hill. It's just the fact that basically with the ownership of the land through there, you can't basically use the best line on the hill. It's not that it's a flat hill. It's just, um, you're limited to what you can do there. But I think the motorway is kind of it's fun enough, but it's just probably relatively boring, I guess. But to watch, yeah, it's yeah, all it's, the same yeah, to yeah, watch. Yeah. Um, but the, above that and below that, I think it's really good. And where they've hooked left now and put that new steep sh- section in there looks awesome. We just need a bloody dry race. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I, it's pretty good to see people battle that, but it's, mm. if the roots just weren't so deep, because it seems to just like jam F one up and kill the speed a bit. Yeah, I saw one had a story like as you coming off the off the motorway and there's basically a pretty flat right hand turn and must be probably four or five ruts and it looks just like a motocross track yeah it looks sick when it's like that yeah it looks really good as long as there's like each one has advantages to it because that's what's cool if there's one obvious line then it's you know everyone's going to take it but when there's four options and all of them have like benefits depending on what you're looking for as a rider i think it's pretty cool to see what people opt for then yeah i think that stuff's pretty hard in a race as well because it's like you're especially at a world cup like it just changes so much over the from from over the whole weekend but also just even over a race day you know yeah like from from say like the top top qualifier and elite to when they do their last practice run to their race run like you know they could come in and that rut will be completely gone you know so yeah. like there's, there's definitely a and i think um, that's that's a good thing about it being wet because those roots wouldn't form in the dry everyone would probably take a different line but you wouldn't be able to tell because they'd just be skimming across a yeah, if it's a relatively day. flat corner, they just rail it outside and yeah. come in. So I think it's quite cool that in the wet that you do get those lines, you get more defined line forming, I guess, and you have to make because you can't once you're in your line, you just got to stick with it. Really, can't yeah. really change out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we were talking before, uh, pink bike fantasy teams as well. Mm. Minka Avaz, have you made one yet? No, I haven't got one. I've hey, actually never. You got to do it. Now get your phone out now. Never we'll, on the fancy yeah, train. Well, have you got your phone? Uh, yeah, got a pink bike count. Qualifying yeah. is like right. You can make yours now. We can talk about it. Off. Um, I'm pretty confident with my one, I reckon. Who you got? Uh, Reese Wilson. Obvious, Why Reese? Obvious reasons. It's raining and Leo Gang again, and he smoked everyone last year. Um, and you know the 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 confidence on Reese last year at that race, but well, you know it stemmed through the whole entire week and. He's got to be confident coming into this one too. I mean, he it's took it again. to the next round as well, winning qualifying. Yeah, exactly. He's going to be coming into it just the same. And, you know, we might not have seen it in time quali, but we haven't seen... Oh, sorry, in time training. and then quali- But qualifying's coming up today. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see. 
and like all the stuff, all this content recently has been hooking. You've known <laughs> Reese for a while because you yeah. uh, before Pivot, you were mechanic in for Eddie on Bergamont as well. Yeah, yeah. And then Reese was probably one of Eddie's. I don't know. Was Reese a junior? Or was he just no, first no, Reece, year elite? Reese might young. have been like second year elite. I can't remember if it was first or second year elite. Um, but yeah, we we signed him quite young though. Signed quite, him quite young. We pulled him out to New Zealand for a team camp at the start of the year when the boys had the Fernhill Mansion, and um, Eddie built Reese like a a loft for his bedroom, <laughs> like just you know chuck some chuck the little platform up above the lounge and put a bed up there for Reese for a month or so, and um, that kind of um, set the tone for the season. He was really cool to travel with. He was a good teammate, and um, he let his hair down a little bit that season and kind of just. He even, I think he said it himself, you know, he just wanted to have fun racing his bike. And he knew that this crowd that he was surrounding himself with do it that way. And um, it was one of those seasons where he might not have got some results that he wanted, but he did have, he had like a top 10 at Fort William, I think, um, on the Bergamont, which was unreal. And then um, went into the next season with like motivation to, take himself to the next level got himself onto the commensal team and got on the podium mm. um, but like what one of those things for me and for Eddie as well like seeing Reese killing it you just like remember it, you know what we've done with him where he's come from yeah when he won Worlds last year I was just, as, I was just it's like I was just as stoked for if, if Eddie had won it yeah <laughs> it was um, Eddie seems to have a bit of an eye for the talent with because yep. he got Jack Moyer <clears throat> on the Bergamont as well yeah sorry we've gone a bit off topic from your fantasy league but yeah, just um, to go. That oh, was that, 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 yeah, oh, he's he's got he's got that touch. Eh? Like we've had Cole Lucas in previous years. He's well, well Charlie Cole, Murray. Cole, Cole wasn't on our team, but we we like guide guide him through, and Eddie helped him out getting him you know hookups and Charlie Murray last season, and um, you know Casey set, Brown as well way back. Yeah, Casey Brown. I'm, I'm way sure back, she yeah. was had a bit of a reputation, first, but first, first mm, right yeah, yeah, well, it was Casey Brown was on Bergamot team, Casey, but it was a bit more derelict yeah. as well. Um, and now, you know, like Eddie recommended Sam Miguel to Bernard. And from from what I'm gathering, Bernard stoked theirs to have Sam around. Um, and then, yeah, I, I know Eddie's going to be keeping an eye on Brad Harris this season and making sure he can help him as much as he can. And, um, and yeah, Tohodu, he's... He's going to be he's, good to watch, he's, I think. He's, he's, Eddie's plugging Tohodu everywhere he can as well, putting his name out there, so... He's just got the eye for it, and when it's a Kiwi too, you know, it gives you a bit more motivation. Um, but yeah, um, back to my fantasy team, we've got Reese Wilson, and then of course I've got Eddie. Eddie in the mud is, if he stays on his bike, he's going to do mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's key. Um, and like last year at Worlds, you know, he was like, it was it was looking like he was he was, you know, having a really good week. Um, and I guess it comes down to the race run again was completely different to practice. It was peanut butter instead of a mud track that you could rail. Um, but Eddie got Sam Gale because he was pretty cheap. And I've got confidence that he can take his momentum from the way he's been riding in New Zealand. Well, and he's beat some big names over here. He, exactly, the, man. And like, and the confidence he'll be get, he'll be gaining through being there with the factory team. And like, you know, they're all stoked there to have him around too and to be guiding him through. So like, confidence in our sport is massive <laughs> they're all good riders if you've got the confidence you're going to be going well um, and then I threw Andreas Colbin there being an Austrian rider on a pro team that's well on, on, on a big factory team the Everton team um, 
yeah, can't help but think that he could be a bit of a dark horse. I guess I was looking at my leftover monies and then I saw that I could afford him being Austrian. Sorry to sidetrack you again. I love the Atherton bikes. They're cool, man. Have you had a good close-up look when you've been in the pits? I haven't had a good close-up look in the pits because I can't remember if they were riding them. They must have been riding them the last season I was there. Yeah, that was the first year. Yeah, Yeah. but I, I didn't really go have a good proper look but they're running DW Link aren't they mm. DW Link yeah. and um, just more refined now I think Andreas is on a he's on a um, on a mullet set up to um, yeah I like the whole theory around like if you if you order one of those bikes you can get your own you can tell them your geometry you want yeah. this reach and this change I guess being a mechanic you love too. that I just mm. I'm just say give me G whatever G's running I'll trust that because re- that's what I do at the moment I just buy bikes and they're designed by the guys that race them so I don't know yeah. who designed I'm running commensal at the moment oh. who put those angles together probably like yeah for material you know yeah. so I'll trust it just give me those the guys are the professionals know more than me so yeah. whatever bikes get sent to you by the time you're buying them from the bike shop are pretty good they're pretty good and he does have a very unique style though eh I think um, he's got quite u- unique sort of um, sticks his ass out, you know. Yeah, yeah. he's a bit um, of a powerhouse, I guess. So he's probably. I I I remember. Um, I think when 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 and Brooke got on the GT, they um. They weren't fun. They were Brooke wasn't. He was quite initially verbally and there was something that that um, G, like it worked really well for him, you know. Yeah, yeah. G had but, pretty good success on it. Obviously didn't work for Bulldog and now he's killing it again on the yeah. Mondraker. Yeah. Each yeah. bike seats everyone, but I don't know, I'm pretty pretty flexible with what I ride this. Mm. And I just trust if the if it's getting given to me from their R and D, then it's gonna be pretty good. Yeah. But I'll also buy a bike which I know is gonna work pretty well. Like I won't buy a brand I don't really know. I'll yeah. buy one that's proven. Yeah. The yeah. One that's doing well on the World Cup scene, like whether that's like a placebo because I'm seeing people do well on it. I don't know, but that I've always been pretty happy with the bikes that I've bought because they're doing well. Yeah. But yeah, I think the bikes I'll be keen to try on. So Ben Lovell, when you're bloody next over here, <laughs> bring us a couple of testers. That'd be awesome. Um, next on your fantasy league. Uh, first off, I'm just gonna crack one of New Zealand's finest beers, the Double Brown. Oh, that's a good crack. Um. So, moving into the females on my fantasy team, Valley Hole, for obvious reasons, home track, and one of the top female riders last year, she broke herself, so we couldn't see what she could do in the mud there, but confidence she'll at least be in the top three, you know. <clears throat> you reckon she'll also win the overall this year? Because she obviously was out mm. from... It's pretty open, eh? Like, that Monica Hrasnik is flying, uh, Marine Cabrera is, yeah, forced to be reckoned with, she's pinned and um and then valley holes you know she she's yet yet to show um what she's capable of yeah it's pretty obvious what she's capable of um so but i think there's there's a lot of competition in women's racing at the moment it's pretty cool there's like five girls that are all in striking range of each other yeah that's there's, good there's not one that's like far beyond you know um and it's in a mean it you know do you reckon good. when rachel was winning all the time that it not Rachel was insane don't get me wrong but do you reckon it was more the fact that the before 
the girls even raced her that they were already beaten? They were just racing for second, or do you reckon that's unfair to say? Um, I feel like everyone was just like, Rachel's going to win, feel, who's going to get second? I feel like was there the, was a period of time where Rachel was smoking everyone that she was a veteran of the sport and had so much experience and all the riders she was racing were new to the sport and yeah. were slowly building themselves and coming up. That's fair enough. And, yeah. um, and you know, quite a lot of those girls that you've seen, like, you know, Pom Pom and then um, Boltani's of age now, but she was quite young when she was racing yeah. Rachel. Probably then, looked but up there to was, Rachel there was, quite a bit. there was not a big field of top girls and the other girls she was racing were building and getting better. And now, yeah. now they're, they are good. Now they're really good riders. I'm not saying if Rachel was to come in that on form like she used to be, if if they would be as good as her. I don't know. No, you, you, I think... you will never know because it's you know such a different time and bikes and tracks and everything. But um, I think she pushed the the girls to the next level, mm, yeah, and then she because yeah, what did she sure. get? What she won fourteen races in a row. Yeah. Was it something? It was like she won. Yeah, it had a perfect seat. It was row, insane. Yeah. yeah. And it's like she was obviously quicker, and you saw. Obviously not the same domination, but it's a similar thing with Gwyn, where for a couple of seasons there, it was like, all right, Gwyn's going to win this unless something goes wrong. Yeah. Who's going to get second? Mm. But then he ended, like, people started to be more and more. Whereas with Rachel, nobody ended up, well, she did just get a perfect season. Whereas with Gwyn, you always thought it was possible to beat him. Whereas with Rach, nobody ever beat her. Nah. And then by that second season, or even what did she maybe had like two perfect seasons and then coming into whenever she did get beat, I don't... Did she crash? Was that what Was that what ended it? Oh, I can't even Was it a crash why. or a mechanical? I might be yeah, wrong. I can't remember. Happy for people to give a shit if I'm wrong. But, but even, even she cra- she was still crashing when races though, you know, like... Was yeah. True? yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know, my thing looking at, like, Tani, I remember getting, was getting really close. And I think that was when people were like, oh shit, like Rachel can get beaten. But I think apart from that, Rachel was insane like so fast and people weren't even comparing themselves to Rachel mm. to the point where they would only they just let her do her own thing and yeah yeah when Tatani yeah. got close and that definitely pushed it pushed it a bit and that's maybe what ended up making Rach crash was that maybe the pressure and that was oh man eventually you are going to crash I guess too but it's pretty hard to sustain like just constantly winning really even even if you're like above me on better than everyone else it's still pretty impressive to sustain that because like there's just so many variables in a, in a race that can cause you like even just not having a mechanical or, yeah that, that's um, a testament to the mechanic as well I guess well and I think also her as a rider like yeah. I mean even just up with flat tyres and stuff you know smooth. line selection and being smooth and not blowing up a wheel or whatever um, you know it's pretty impressive it was yeah alone. I'll be excited to see when when she returns how how is, she goes because yeah she the, come back do you reckon mm, I'd hope so. I think, I think, she, I don't know. Like, the Athens are insane, aren't mm. they? Let's be honest. Like, they're freaking, they live for it. So I'd hope yeah. that having a, a tri- like, kid only on the spurs are on to go. Yeah, a bit of motivation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I'd love to see Rachel come back after that and see how she goes. But, yeah, I, I think it's good to give the girls, I don't know, yeah, get that get them that experience without Rachel being there so when she comes back it's I think like you said that was almost maybe what gave her the, the confidence was that experience she had over everyone yeah and yeah. nobody could you, you can't You that just takes time obviously so it'll be cool to see yeah this almost changing of the guard I guess and I'm excited to see what happens in the women's category over the next couple of years for sure in terms of their like abilities and times and 
their riding styles are changing quite a lot. Mm. I think that's a big thing. Like, I feel like women had quite a distinct riding style, mm. whereas that's definitely changing now. You look at Jess Blewett and yeah, she's Port, like a guy, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't yeah. even. She's she's got her own style. Like, she yeah. looks like she looks like Jess. You, you yeah. put, you know, and and then you look at like what Kate, all this like the free ride sort of movements coming in and mm. I think helping them all yeah. quite a lot. Yeah, so I'm excited to see what happens there. But um, I think Juice is going to make a pretty good name for herself this season. A eh? like starting this her season with a free ride event, so people have seen this name uh, associated with this free ride event. And you know, here and Vinny had the most gangster styles out of all the girls oh, that were there. Sure. Um, and then this week they're going to see her name again on on a World Cup results sheet. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be like, oh, well, like you know the. And I don't know if she's planning to do any EWSs, but it wouldn't surprise me if she swings a leg of that too. And it's like going to be, you know, she's going to have her own movement. Where yeah. <laughs> she's just yeah. like the, popping, the, popping up all over the place. General Jess. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen General Snipes? <laughs> General Snipes? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. the Snipes yeah. of the interview world. world yeah. 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 No, that's sick. Um, but yeah, pretty much oh, one more and of my finally on fantasy, fantasy team. Uh, went f- so talking about... Um, Movement in the females category, uh, Michaela Patton, 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 is that how you say that? I think so, yeah. yeah. Michaela Patton, Scottish chick. Mm. Uh, Parton. Had, had a pretty mean result in the last season, is on the, well, uh, I think it's like the Trek development team, it's like another Trek sponsored team, it's Trek Stram. Um, but yeah, I guess for the money I'd left over and the conditions of the race, being a Scottish chick and it's raining, makes a bit of sense. <laughs> Um, and that finished off my fantasy league. So, yeah, come on, team. Go on. All right. <laughs> well, that's Kurt's team. This is going to be the winning team for the weekend. <laughs> uh, so I went with Bernard Kerr. I was just listening to what Eddie was saying, and Eddie seemed to put a pretty hot word in for Bernie. Yeah. And after just seeing, like we said, we've, he's got a pretty good eye for things. So I'm, not, I trust I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how he's feeling after his vital world crash, but that was a huge Yeah, it was a pretty big That was but... a top of shoot over bars, land at bottom of shoot. <laughs> it was <like> pretty... <laughs> Yeah, didn't look good. I haven't seen it. Where, where did it's you like the first. It just coming into the woods. That, that that wood section where you can get high. Oh, the split line. The split line. Oh, and really? wash the front on the log of the drop and went over the bars. And end up down low. Down low, but going over the bars all the way down. Oh, the drop off the high line. You mean? <laughs> or, mm. okay, yeah. 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 Is if you watch the vital raw, then it's the opening clip. It's like the opening clip. Yeah, <laughs> but um, no, I think. Well, Bernie's hinted to maybe rolling in the downhill stuff over the next couple of years, or if not this being his last season. So I think, and this is possibly one of the places he's had his closest win. Yeah. Nice. So I think yeah. he'll be charging yeah. for it. And I'd like to see it. I'd like to see Bernie do it. So I'm rooting for him. He's on my team. Uh, Joel Breeden. Yeah. You know, coming up he, at the Not A Race, got the fastest time that next yeah. day. And he was a good price. So he's in there. Yeah. Um, Tibalt Zaprilia, he's what second in time training. Yeah. Also, just seems like an angry Frenchman. So. Did <laughs> <laughs> really well last year. Yeah. Oh, he done me last year. Yeah. Oh, he's and he's he's on the same level as like what Loic has been, Loris has been, Finn has been. Like those those kind of junior riders that step into elite and immediately are on the top five. Yeah. You know that's what happened with him last year. Like just boom, welcome to the elite category. I'm here. Yeah, I think he probably almost actually probably had one of the better transitions and out of mm. out of all those guys in a long yeah. time. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, even yeah. his junior years were pretty yeah. like a consistent transition. Not, I was surprised. Not just a bit of yeah. 
because junior he won a lot but he also would have some huge <clears throat> yeah i heard he had a few tantrums as well oh yeah if he didn't win he was he was not happy eh? yeah towards the end, like sure. i'm not yeah. into that and he's thought well actually it's just good to see somebody being pretty passionate but there's a time and a place i guess i think you just see that a little bit more from the euros though eh? they're just a bit more passionate about like that they're not afraid to show their emotions at the end of a end of yeah. a run but which probably maybe you wouldn't see from Kerry Rose here, what is it? Kerry Rose and mumbling under their breath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see Brooke at the end of a shitty race right now. Yeah, it's pretty funny. But yeah, the old Euro is pretty passionate. But I'll put him, yeah, he seems to have come through pretty pretty hot from Junior. So I reckon he'll be even more. And he's on that new commensal as well, which pretty cool looking bike. What do you guys reckon from a mechanics point of view? Nightmare bike. I do notice is the back end as well has got like a funny little joiner. Such they, they, they're calling it a virtual high pivot, which I don't know what that's meant to um, meant to understand. I've I've just looked at a photo. I haven't tried to understand it too much. Yeah. I reckon it looks like a pretty naughty looking rig. It looks pretty mean. Yeah, anything that Comencial makes, you kind of we've got to the point in our lives that a Comencial downhill bike is gonna be good. Why would they change their last bike that was like, you know? pretty hands down good. anyone that was riding those bikes in the world cup was having their best results yeah um why would they change it to something unless they were pretty confident it was going to be better um and more refined um but yeah i'm yet to have a bit of a better look at it but immediately bikes released first time session of the season first and second yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. So, and that reminded me actually when i saw that this morning a little bit of um when santa cruz brought out the new the 29 of E10. Yeah, same thing. Lords and they all just went, I think it was yeah. first, Everyone second, fifth or something. Yeah. That, that gap between Lords and Fort William, which was a month, yeah, was... Oh, panic. We, and, and at the end of the day, we just panicked ourselves for no reason because we tried to make the Bergamont happen with a 29er. And that, and I reckon this was all part of the, the game for them too. Like They knew they'd develop this bike and they had it dialed, but they knew no one else was ready for it. Yeah. And everyone was going to freak out if they won the race. Yeah. And we did, and a lot of other people did. And we rolled up to Fort William with a 29er that was not possible. Not, we just didn't, didn't, we didn't have the good enough wheels for our sponsors because they didn't make downhill-specific 29-inch rims. And the bike would basically just like slap 29ers in there. And um, we went back to 27s for the rest of the season and rode it absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was like, that was crazy rocked up to lords they won qualifying they won race oh no they didn't win the race because it pissed rain didn't it yeah but they won yeah. but, but they won the race yeah. it kind of counted yeah 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 that yeah. 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 was it was always funny to see races like that where the rain plays such a factor but luke is back on a mullet now anyway for that sounds like just ass clearance mm. yeah and then there's no third santa cruz ride at the moment no yeah, so it's just the two of them at the moment. Yeah. So Greg on, but it's it, from what I understand, it seems to just be the taller rider goes for the twenty nine er back end, and the shorter rider goes for the smaller, smaller. more yeah. for the ass clearance. Yeah, yeah. When I've rode full twenty nine ers, I feel like I don't like it because to get the back end sliding, I have to push it so much harder. Yeah, yeah. But I rode. Uh, it was actually Jess's trail bike, so it was about two sizes too small. But that was mullet setup, and it was pretty cool because you could push the front end into things and it would grip like hook yeah. up and then the back end would just just follow it round yeah. you just kind of would point and shoot and yeah yeah it would be quite nimble whereas i find on a full 29 of the back end yeah i don't know just 
I couldn't get it to turn the tighter corners. It I can I, I can I can ride a full twenty nine a trail bike, sweet airs. Um, wouldn't even notice any like anything bad about it. Um, only good things, but down on bike, yeah, I think I I'll be struggling with my butt clearance. Yeah, <clears throat> a bit steeper though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the tracks you want to ride on a downhill mm. bike. It seems a bit for like, yeah, just the steeper it gets and the rougher, that's when you need downhill bike. Trail bikes can handle the more mellow stuff now. Pretty good, like pretty aggressive. Especially what that pivot Firebird. Is that what you were riding for a bit, the 29er? Yeah, I, I had a Firebird last summer. Uh, it's probably the best bike I've ever owned, to be honest, aside from my current e-bike. <laughs> uh, um, that thing's just the best thing in the world. But, but uh, and, It looks but, like a downhill bike with single crown forks in it. Yeah, the, the, the Firebird's nuts. Um, there's nothing I could say wrong about that bike, eh? Um, and it's an EWS winning bike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what is it Eddie back on that this year or is he yep. on the yeah yeah yep, yep. the Firebird's the daily driver when, when he's in New Zealand he's on a switchblade which is a shorter travel 29er it's a 140 rear travel with a 164 and it's just a bit more of a versatile you know training bike because you're punching out so many k's but when you get to Europe and you're long descents you just need the more travel um, yeah barely a rig so Firebird becomes the daily driver DH yeah. tyres you know, you've got, you've got the Float X2 DH shock in it. <laughs> you've, now you've got 38s on the front too, so you're pretty much pretty just like a downhill bike that you can put your seat up and pedal up a hill. Yeah, it surprises me that when on the the mellow tracks that the riders don't choose a long travel trail bike and put on triple crowns and mm. call it good. But like, because Stevie Smith did that way back for Peter Maritzburg and Mitch Ropolato as well, he was riding the... This, yeah. Uh, what was that? Was, was it a stunt jumper or was it? Well, no, I think it was just on an enduro. Was it just an enduro at the time? I but think, yeah. Yeah, they did that for that, but the, nobody's really done it since, so that kind of testament to the tracks. Like, we all look at pretty look easy, at, but... Look at GT, though, developing an enduro downhill bike at the moment, so they've got they've got an enduro platform that is, going, that is also a downhill platform. I think Martin's been testing that majority... Um, is that what they're running this weekend, or they're just going to I'm not, the Fury? I'm not sure if Wynn's on it. I haven't, I haven't gauged if Wynn's on it, but Martin's definitely on it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like whether it's a 180 mil travel rear end, yeah, 200 mil travel fork on it. So and and then you can put a single crown on it to be an enduro. But I'm not sure. I'm looking too much into it, but um, all the words that you've seen in press releases, you know, spottings of it, are saying it's an enduro downhill bike. It's, yeah. It's a, it's a bow I feel like Norco's got one as well. I feel like Norco's been developing. Yeah, well, well the, new, the well. new range is kind of well. Yeah, but I feel like they've. I feel like I've saw a press release about it the last few days. What well, they're writing is also. Wynn was saying something about Sam yeah. peddling around Endora on his downhill bike. So I don't know if they were mm. hinting at something there or what. Yeah. It seemed weird that he turned up and didn't have a trail bike to ride, eh? Yeah. But who knows? Mm. One bike that does it all. Yeah. Anyway, carrying on with my fantasy. Um, so that's TD, uh, David Trummer. Yeah, yeah, that's a good Trummer's bit. Good. Fifth in time training. And oh, it's actually, yeah, actually a I, bit of a... I wouldn't have put him down for a Leo Gang dude, but I've definitely he's one of the dudes that I'll just watch in general now. And the fact that he got fifth in time training, I'm just like, yeah, all right. He was second at Wills last year. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's Austrian. Yeah. He's Austrian. Well, he's I just like was, second at Wills. I kind of, everyone after race, I kind of forgot to be honest, but uh, <laughs> David... He was three, uh, three and a half seconds off Reese last uh, world champs. So yeah. yeah. Well, he's been somebody that I've been watching for 
a while now because he's done a season in Queenstown as well. So anyone that comes to Queenstown, I'll start watching you. Uh, and, <laughs> but he's been doing pretty sick. So yeah, um, yeah, in fifth. So I reckon he could be on for a good one. Austrian probably trains her a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I went and then for the women, I went the same as Yuka, Michaela Parton, and Valley Hall for pretty much the same reasons. And then yeah, who knows? I might change them come to the next round, but. I'll probably change the whole team for the next round, but I reckon we're going to see me on the top of the fantasy league next week. So, Connor, you can tell you it's your team, but it's probably not going to be as good as mine. Um, I actually got a few similar riders from, or same riders as both you guys, actually. Um, so, I've gone for Tebow. Pretty much, we've just covered why we think he's good. Um, Joe Breeden as well. I know Joe relatively well. I reckon he's a good bugger, and um, I think he's pretty. He's pretty methodical. He works real hard, and um, I like his approach to 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 racing. And um, I think also well, he's on the new bike this year with the with the NS. That Polygon team switched to NS, and um, those bikes look pretty dialed up. Yeah, they look really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, I was a bit. Um I was pretty surprised at that, but it sounds like the polygons weren't all that. Because oh, it looked man. like when they first got the polygons, Mick and Tracy went pretty good, and then. Oh, those uh, those last time. ones that came out, I don't know about you guys, pretty but every accurate. time I looked at them, I always yeah. fucking. But yeah. Imagine, yeah. imagine being Terrible. a rider and you had to walk into the pits every day and look at that, mm. and you get to go and ride it. I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> it, yeah, I put it up there as one of the worst. You need to froth what you're riding, eh? Like you yeah. need to be stoked as on your bike. And majority of the bikes that are out there, when they're at World Cup spec, they're mean, they're gangster. But that thing, I don't think you could ever make it look good. And I've worked on one in the bike shop. Um, they're terrible, aren't some, they? and it was disgusting to work on from from a mechanic's point of view. Because they I don't have any Allen key enjoy, I wouldn't enjoy my job having to work on it either. So the whole uh, environment would have been a little bit off the bike. So, yeah, now now they got a bike that looks good and the geometry looks great and um, and I, I reckon the whole team will be, you know, more stoked to be getting involved on that bike, so. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not really 100% sure, but I think it's kind of, was more or less a case of Polygon, um, you know, the, 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 they wanted to move on and do something else and NS was sort of where they ended up as opposed to... Um, Couscous changing to yeah to I wonder how many, I wonder if they had many thing. options for that because they always see Couscous well, through the season of air changing oh be anything tires to these got so always different components every so single time many, I see him yeah. he'd have a different component on his yeah. bike and I'd yeah. say is this is this new and yeah. he'd always just say just testing yeah and then about five different brands later they'd then stick with yeah yeah. One brand. I tell you what, the brakes that they use, what the Trickmaster brakes. Oh, yeah, I reckon they. If yeah. I could have yeah. a, a trick stuff. Yeah. If you could get. If I could get some of them. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. They <laughs> would seem to be the best component. Yeah. I think yeah. they've got back order for like years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just see that. The, I think they're getting a bigger factory. Yeah, I think. I think, I think that was a big thing about the delays. Eh? they were yeah. expanding, moving factories, so yeah. there was a big, you know, stop of production. Um, but yeah. You pay at the price, obviously, but apparently, I don't know. I've only ever pulled a lever, and they felt quite nice. That's well, pretty much all I've done too, but they felt yeah, yeah. pretty bloody good. Yeah. Um, I think no. the Aftons are on them as well. I think, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
They say, I'll trust whatever G says, I'll trust. Yeah. He's done it for a long Big time. Pain. Yeah. 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 Uh, Joe Braden, who's next? Yeah, we've got Braden and Colby as well. Um, he lives just down the road in Schlabing, so pretty pretty local. And um, I'm actually, yeah, really, I was pretty sort of a little bit surprised actually to see him end up on, on the Efton deal. Not so much because he didn't deserve it, but just like they're all, obviously they got... Um, Pretty much a full British team. Yeah. Um, they got... Um, I can't remember his Charlie name. Henry. Charlie Charlie, yeah. Charlie G, Rachel, and... Um, Millie. Well, Millie. Millie as well. Millie's, Millie's Norwegian, eh? Yeah, Norwegian. So yeah. you got like a... I guess that's sort of Rachel, you know, for development. Development yeah. writers through Rachel. But um, yeah, I think he's sort of been on the fringes of getting on a good team for quite a while. And, and it's I feel like he could probably actually beat... All of them, I feel like he's got potential to be the best rider on the team, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I'm quite excited to see how he performs. Um, and then we've got Max Hardenstone as well. Um, Where's he from? He's a German, German rider. He's on the Cube team with Danny Hart. And he's been on the, team with Cube, on the Cube team for years. I guess they probably want to keep him along because he's, he's a really good rider. Well, he's German champ. Yeah, he's he German, German, yeah. He wins so, the German champs every year. Cube's a German brand. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it makes a lot of sense for them to keep him on. Yeah, and he he did pretty good last year, and he he had, I think he was he was top ten times training today as well. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. I, I heard Danny say in like one of his oh it was on the not a race yeah by Raw, watch out for and him. they had an mm. interview before the rise and like who do you think they watch out for the World Cup this year and Danny's like oh my teammate Max been yeah. riding from the last couple of weeks he's hooking yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> watch out for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think he's he's got, you know, a good chance of probably mixing up in the top ten. I sort of I remember the first time I saw him actually was at a German Cup race in two thousand sixteen. He was still a junior rider for specialised and just I guess just locally in Germany and just was pretty impressed with him then and just could see like he was a really good rider and sort of have basically just sort of kept an eye on him since. Yeah. So now he's kind of, I guess you kind of, you know, you once you've done a couple of years in elite, you probably, you look for a rider to see if they're going to take it to the next level or sort of stay um, on a on a sort of that sort of top 20, top 30, or if they can jump in and be a consistent top 10 guy. So yeah. I guess that's kind of the time now, eh? Um, and for girls, i got uh, Vera Woodman. I used to mechanic for her. Yeah, you've worked with her a bit. Yeah. New, um, new team this year on Saracen. And uh, so you've gone from well, not Danny, but a cube where Danny's gone, yeah, and she's now gone to Saracen. Do we yeah. what do you think of the, the Danny Saracen cube deal? And you guys got any insights um, on that? Anyone? I kind of tried to do a little bit of digging with that and ask him sort of what, what went on there, and I'm not really too sure. I think, um, it sounds like they're potentially maybe a little bit unhappy with Danny and the basically they were paying a lot of money and I think with, over the COVID period wanted to see a bit more from him than he put out in terms of content in terms of media but um, you know that's just through the grapevine um, what do you think about that because if that was me I'm not really much of a media like social media sort of person and if I was Danny my results do the talking I think so as well like, yeah. that's, you're not paying me to you've never paid me to mm-hmm post of, of like a bullshit do you know what? i think we need a new page called the clout police because yeah. i see so many 
bullshit posts that are so boring and it's like if I was Danny no I'm not going to start doing a I'm not going to do a stupid post just to like like yeah yeah yeah, Yeah. maybe it's nitpicking yeah it's his job and if you if you know Danny or you've you've met Danny before when you meet him in person he's like you know you can stand in front of him get along from really well he's got an easy to get along with personality Mm -hmm. nothing awkward about him anything that he does on the media he seems a little bit awkward yeah I've known Danny for a long time and and it's like one of those things like some people just they aren't they don't they aren't cut out for the social media or they aren't cut out for like you know that kind of stuff and and yeah fair enough I think it's not only that like some people I'm I'll get to a situation and it's freaking awesome yeah and I'll go home and I'll be like man that was a good time and that's just good enough where some people have a sick situation they'll get the phone out they'll film it and then they'll post it on social yeah yeah and I think Danny's just similar to that he's riding his bike he's not riding his bike for anyone else but himself so his his head's not to be like oh, I should get my phone out and film myself riding yeah because he's just there to ride his bike and alright I understand yeah if somebody's paying you to do something and they say you need to you need to post we're paying you a lot of money to post to keep us in the limelight but at the same time he was never they knew up until that point that's not his deal the second you get him back between the tapes he's going to make your bike go fast yeah as yeah so and I th- and, well i think he, he didn't do like overly great last year but i thought it was pretty weird like how that whole thing went down like, i guess there must have been pretty more going on behind the scenes with with saracen but like they you know they they put out that it seemed like a rush post before um before um the marable world cup yeah and they said that like that danny was leaving so i kind of feel like that potentially could have cre- created a bit of animosity in the pits um and like I know that it was kind of like a surprise. I, I don't know if it got rushed through, but like Harry and Bronny, they, um, who are on the team now, they, um, like they didn't, they didn't actually know that press release was happening. Oh yeah. So like, then, they had like all these sponsors from that year that they hadn't said, oh, we're moving on to this new team. Oh really? So like Madison just put it through. Yeah. So it was kind of a bit of a weird one there. Yeah. I was, well, for Win TV and stuff like this, sort of interviewed Danny, interviewed Will when it was all a bit, strange but I mean you never know what goes on behind the scenes there and I guess with Danny like I think the similar sort of thing happened with Mondrake as well like he did his three years and I think there w- it was probably you know he had his on his second year like he had that really good year where he won a heap of races in 2016 and then I think in 2017 like it was a bit of bad blood and then he left to move on to mm. Madison so it's yeah it's yeah. always interesting to see what basically what that what those guys what those what happens behind the scenes you probably don't you, you never really know for sure and, no. and who said what and who's pissed off about what but, but now with the what I know about Danny is he, he's pretty black and white he's very black he's and white, pretty yeah. black and white and like Kurt said you get you see him face to face and he's a bloody good oh yeah, yeah bloke absolutely yeah but still he's he's not you know what he he's not going to just talk some shit what he says he means and if he doesn't say it it's yeah he's yeah. not hiding anything from him. Yeah, he yeah. is up front and uh, i can see like obviously there's lots of people that don't like people with that because being sometimes yeah. yeah sometimes yeah. being blunt with someone can come across as being rude or being like a bit arsy but i don't yeah. danny's not he'd never do his mum's real nice his dad's a bit more of a hard case but yeah, yeah. 
you know, Danny's kind of the, the in between is that he knows his position within mountain biking is quite influential. Yeah. But he, but he'd never do anything to upset anyone. No. And if he says no. something, it's not to be nasty. That's just what he thinks, and that's yeah, that's how it is. And normally, when you actually think about what he's saying, it's pretty pretty accurate. But yeah, he loves. He's very. I think, and he's just very focused. Like he's just in his own way, his own way thing. Like you know, I don't know if he's still doing it, but he, he definitely used to just have his camper set up at races, and you know, so he can basically yeah. have that the. He's done that for his whole time, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, he's done it his whole time. He's got his creature comforts. It's like everyone, like, you know, so everyone's kind of got almost the rage ritual. And for Danny, that's it. If he can get his camper there, that's his his thing to get him in the frame of mind to go racing. Yeah. Because that's what he's always done. Yeah. But no, I'm I'm excited to see how his cube transition goes. Mm. Uh, Because nobody's who fill up walls on those bikes. Phil, yeah, didn't really do too Phil got much. a podium at the end of last year, didn't he? Huh? Phil got a podium at the end of last year. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, on the cube. But in, um, yeah. So Phil, like, Phil goes pretty good on... Yeah, he's done well. well, well I guess he got, he got the pro- podium on propane as well. Yeah. That, and then but it's a relatively unproven bike, I guess. Cube? Cube? Yeah, yeah. So. I guess, well, what was it? Phil and... Um, Max and then... And then before Walker, that, you had um, Walker, you had Greg Williamson yeah. on them. And so they've had um, some good riders. Greg, Greg had a pretty Greg had a pretty mean well. season on it one year. Right? Yeah. Like I remember he was getting some pretty consistent top ten. Yeah. Um, was, he was with him and Walker when they started it sort of. Eh? Yeah. 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 I remember Greg was like in the top ten pretty. Mm. So you know, um, I saw George Brannigan in the bike park riding the cube before that year. Oh, and I yeah, think that was yeah. before they. Yeah, yeah, and I remember he was yeah. trying it, so and then he ended up getting the commensal deal. I think. Yeah, yeah I think it was. Yeah. Oh, the, so then I was the yeah contrast between that first cube that. George would have tried and then Matt ended up being on the pro team. The contrast of that bike to the one now. Oh my God. You look at it, it looks so good now, I think. It looks like a wicked bike. All the lines look look dope. Yeah, I refined it really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that was a bit of a tangent. Back to your fantasy league. That was always good to go on a tangent, though, isn't it? But um, yeah, so I reckon I'm I'm pretty excited to see how she goes. I I think she's a real good rider. Um, And last year she um, crashed it crashed at Worlds and and um, ended up going to hospital after I think it was in like qualifying that she crashed but the last World Cup snowshoe in 2019 she was third so I felt like that whole year she sort of was building um, so yeah I think with the support and a pretty good setup this year that I think she's definitely got potential to win a World Cup for sure mm. um, and then finally I got um, Emily Siegenthaler yeah. off, off pivot as well I think she's good as, she's just consistent yeah she's like, got the experience as well yeah, she's been on the scene for a quite a while yeah. now she always just she's always yeah. there there she's healthy hey. this year too yeah last couple of seasons she's hit her knee and um, yeah she had that knee injury and it's been a little bit to come back from that so I feel like this year she'll be pretty confident with her yeah. with her health and everything so yeah. go on Emmy. yeah yeah, mm. so that's my team. That's your team. Mm. So sticking with women, um, Camille Blanche, current world champion. Yeah. Mm. What like neither of us had her on our team. No. But that's, do you guys yeah. know? Well, she's looked good. I saw her on a on the bit of the vital, and, and she was looking and fast. She's, and she's she's going to be consistent too. I think. Yeah. I think. Um, 
yeah, last season we saw the world champs win and then confidence. I mean, she was riding really well for the end of the season, but this is going to be the first season that she comes into with the confidence and the race is at the same conditions that she got her world champs jersey. And um, if she gets a decent enough result this week, you know, I might not get the win, but if she's in the top five and that's going to be the confidence, that'll mean she holds that confidence to be consistent. Yeah. Um, and, you know, her and Emily ride together full time, so... She's learned a lot from Emily. Yeah. Um, so she won on this track last year, though. Yeah. But she well, wasn't know, on the time watched, training sheet. I've, from watched, I've watched Cammy come up from when her and Emily first met. Would have been well, sorry, when when I first met that those two. I think it was quite early in their relationship together. Um, and uh, Cammy had come from EWS and was starting to do World Cup. So she was a full blown privateer. She was hanging out at our pits quite a lot. Yeah. Um, wasn't on a pro team, doing her own thing. Um, and and you know she was quite a wee way back from Emily, and then over that whole season like creeped up, and then her and Emily were at a pretty similar pace, and now Kenny's starting to pull pull up front a bit. She's yeah. carrying her momentum and she's going on. So um, yeah, it'll be a season that really defines her career. I think if she can prove that she has the consistency to be at the top. Yeah. Um, Got it for sure. Like I said earlier in, in our in our talking turkey, confidence is a massive factor in our sport. And she's got the rainbow jersey on. I don't know how much more confidence you can get. <laughs> it's oh, like yeah. if you're running the rainbow jersey far out, that's confidence levels oblivion. Yeah. And our other female oh what you can I was gonna say that that um when she won last year actually it reminded me of um Morgan Shah as well, who's she's the one you guys team, eh? Yep. Yeah, and she she won Wells and League King in twenty twelve, and it was sort of like a what a surprise win. Yeah, you know? yeah, same sort of thing. Surprise. And the um the next year she kind of was like good, but like didn't manage to back that sort of that that world championship winning run back it up again. Yeah. Um, Sometimes it seems so, to be like quite a weight with the the world champs jersey. Yeah, absolutely. Like when yeah. Danny won it back in Champery. He, well, he ended up getting injured, I think, the next year, but definitely didn't have the best year following that World World Championship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think he still had a few podiums, but he definitely didn't quite back up the World Championship status. Mm. And then, yeah, like you say, with uh, Morgan Shah, kind of had the jersey, but didn't really yeah, yeah. shine a whole lot for yeah. it. So, yeah, I, mean, I think it's... And it's just kind of cool. I mean, I used to have it actually probably a few times with the girls as well. Um so I think it's probably um, Miranda Miller probably did a similar thing after she won in Cairns was sort of like yeah um, so I think it'd be pretty cool to see Cammy actually you know back it up and, and do well and as Kurt said she is actually she's got like, a good style been, uh, yeah and she's been slowly improving and I think to put like a consistent run down like she did last year at Wells like she just stayed on the bike and put a smooth run through that steep section yeah so um, you know there's no doubt that she's she's really talented no, it's going to be exciting to see. And um, Kabaroo as well. Mm. Uh, overall, World Cup winner from last year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, keep me. So, and we, none of us had her in our team, but I, I definitely no. would be somebody. I think I might have run out of money. Well, I could have I, been Valley Hall, but. I, I would have gone Marine any other track, but just being there again, Valley's local, you know. Um, yeah. that was that kind of made sense for this race but the beauty of the fantasy team is that we can change it for the next one and I probably will get Marine I think I'll have her <laughs> yeah. on a round for yeah. sure yeah. yeah for the rest of the season to be honest um, 
because, yeah, like I said earlier, Valley's still yet to prove what she's capable of, whereas we know what Marina's capable of, and she knows what she's capable of. She's not trying to prove something. She just, you know, she's got it. Mm. Whereas Valley's probably like a season off being that consistent. Yeah. That she, consistent top dog. Well, yeah. she that last year was her first um, elite year. Was that right? Like senior? Marine. No, Bali. Yeah, yeah, yep. she'd been in junior, yep. so that yep. last year was going to be her first senior um, year. Yeah, and then she obviously crashed and never, never got the chance yeah. to see it through. Where's Marine? Like one qualifying and then and then and, and then, then crashed. crashed yeah. yeah, so and we could see it when she's in junior. She had the potential to be really good, but mm. then I guess, well, like anyone, everyone crashes and that's it. But you just never know how that's gonna bounce back some people come back from injury pretty strong some people take a couple of years to get back to form yeah even if they're amazing then yeah yeah, yeah. something to see yeah yeah I, I don't know it's it's gonna be an interesting season I kind of feel like probably Marines probably gonna be pretty hard to beat for in terms of the overall yeah she's healthy and um, she's, I, she's a very good rider yeah I think yeah for women overall It'd probably have to be between Marine Cabaru, Valley Hall, and Tani Seagraves. Yeah. Would you? You've always got Nina in there as well. She's had some pretty well. She's had race wins, but I don't know if I'd quite put her down for a full season. Yeah, I. I guess it depends. I mean, she she she's sort of built every year. Eh? She's mm. another rider. Um, that's kind of. You know, started a little bit later on, and and. Um, improve pretty rapidly yeah um, so it's hard you know it's, it's, I guess hard to know like you have to be to, to put a full season together and, and, and when the overall I guess takes generally takes quite a lot of experience to, to do that but yeah this um, is why I think the women's category is going to be actually quite exciting to watch because for a long time it's have been two riders that are potentially going to win yeah now for me there's those three with a couple of outsiders and then maybe this could be the year where we actually see there's 10 riders that are all well capable of the win. Yeah, I'd say it's pretty cool. Yeah. Whereas when you come to the men's, like, who do you choose? You've probably got 20 riders you could list that could... There's obviously some that are more likely to. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, for me, the ones that are the most... The three that are likely to do it are all French. It's Amore Pirion, like Bruni, or Lois Vergier at this yeah. point in time. Yeah. But you've got Reese Wilson. Um... Laurie Greenland as well. Mm-hmm. He was out last year. Yeah. He could definitely win the overall. Danny Hart. Like, Greg Minard could... Yeah. I don't know if he's got an overall in, but he's definitely got some uh, race I wins think he from... Definitely does you reckon he's got an overall in? Yeah. yeah. I'd love to see him yeah. get an overall. He's currently got an overall World Cup champion by the name of Matt Walker from Great Britain. Got, yeah. yeah. Who, um, yeah, it's kind of funny. Flies under the radar a bit in terms of chat still. He's the World Cup overall champion... But you're still hearing about Loris and Loic mm. and Amori. But we're forgetting yeah. that like Matt Walker did win the World Cup overall and he didn't just win it for no reason. Like yeah. far out. He's gonna come in hot. Um He's got a, a good good riding style. I think a few people said it as well. When you watch him, he's got probably a pretty solid like similar to um like in yeah. the the yeah. base that they've got they never look out of shape. Yeah, planted planted like a yeah. pretty solid foundation to build speed off his riding style yeah super consistent he's got he kind of reminds me a little bit of Danny like as in he's yeah he's not 
you know, doesn't have a big social presence, but um, he's just like a real true racer, you know, gets the training done, good race craft, and he's there to try and win races, basically. And that's that's his goal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think he's probably actually pretty good chance to good rating last year he could back it up yeah for sure um yeah i was just mentioned laurie as well that's somebody i'd like to talk about mm. you obviously laurie's come and stayed with you when he's been living over here but that was what yeah. two years ago now uh it was 2000 and maybe 2018 yep. so yeah so two two and a half years or whatever yeah so you know yeah. laurie quite well yeah kurt obviously you know him from yeah i know him pretty bloody well yeah. when he was living at connor's um and you know, here in Arrowtown, I was working at Alta, which is the Mondraker shop, and course, the yeah. Mondraker distributor for New Zealand, and I'd obviously met Laurie on the World Cup, so he would come in from Connors every day, come to the shop, chat shit, if I had time, I'd go riding with him, um, and yeah, we hang, hang out a lot overseas as well. So, so what do you reckon, he, for, and then coming from the British racing background, I've seen him for years. Yeah initially racing well he's come up through juvenile but he kind of got my attention when he was racing youth category yeah and then he got picked up by track when he went to junior and now he's Mondraker but mm-hmm. he uh, well I don't know for me he could possibly be somebody that I'd put my money on being an overall winner for this year yeah he got the the hand injury last year yeah yeah and no, actually I was saw an interview with Sven as well um, just yesterday he was saying that last year he reckoned Laurie was looking faster than Reese at Worlds yeah um, so yeah it's pretty much good good chance again for, for this weekend I yeah. think it's funny that he says that about Lee Gang. so this is you know how you used to have that thing where everyone would say this is a big riders track mm. things like Fort William Mont St. Anne were the tracks and people were like yeah this is one that suits a big rider yeah and all of a sudden you had people like Danny and Troy winning it who were obviously yeah. quite a bit shorter yeah but I think and then Laurie what did Laurie win Valdesol yeah Valdesol so I think there's still a bit of truth in that and I would put if the when it gets a bit steeper I think that's when you're going to see your, your smaller riders like Laurie doing well because you're not pedaling you're not trying to carry your speed what you have to do is try and scrub your speed as fast as possible yeah and on a steep track, if you're lorry and you weigh under 80 kilograms, yeah, you can yeah. break so much later into the, well, not so much, but it's a fraction of a second. But yep. obviously, well, from what we've seen, fraction of a second is what wins the race. Absolutely, yeah. So lorry has got the talent, like yeah. all the top riders, but he's got the ability due to his weight to break a millisecond later than Greg Minar into a turn. Mm. And then... Even, well, that's if they hit the turn at the same speed and then he can hit the turn and when he exits it, yeah, he then, you know, he's a bit lighter so he might have to yeah. put a pedal in. But if it's a steep track, it, that weight's just going to go. Whereas on a track like Leagang, when he comes into a corner, it's he has to just try not to break at all because when he comes out and it's a flatter exit, he doesn't have that that weight behind him to carry the momentum. Carry the momentum. Do you yeah. think there's anything to that? Yeah. I do reckon I'm talking shit. No, I think that's probably you bang on there, actually. I remember actually in, in one of the old Earths, I think it was um, in Champery, Nathan Rennie saying the same thing, like um, when that was 07 the first year, they had Champery and it was the original original racetrack there. And he was like, yeah, like it's hard for me. Like I'm a big fella and it's, it's hard to slow down. Um, 
but I kind of feel like the, the, the support the sport has definitely evolved to a certain extent that you, I think you know your 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 smaller rider will probably work on um, being good in the sections that they can be good and the bigger riders working on where they're good and it kind of maybe balances out to a certain, certain extent um, so like somewhere in leaguing maybe if, if you can carry a bit more speed onto that motorway um, well Reese isn't the tallest guy ever yeah exactly you know, Reese isn't the biggest guy and he won yeah. last year yeah so yeah and, and I think leaguing is kind of like the in between track like it's not it's not it's steep but it's not like a brake burner yeah. Um, whereas, say, somewhere like Valdesol is. Yeah. And I guess you're probably going back to your point, like somewhere, someone like Greg, you know, he's probably, he's been good there, but just not quite that next level to win. Like, yeah. I don't know. Has Greg ever won Valdesol? I don't know if he has, eh? That's a, no, I don't that's think so. Spring to mind no. immediately, like, eh? Um, no. But I know, like, G has. G's tall. Yeah. Yeah, G's pretty Valdesol, big. Valdesol, yeah. And, and Gwynny's Gwini, a bit Valdesol? of a... Yeah, G won world champs there. Uh, oh, you're true. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yep. 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 No, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's, yeah. It just goes both ways. And At the end of the day, it's like it's whoever doesn't break the most. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. It's like whoever can just like, but we're talking now with these guys, it's fractions of a second. Yeah. And so that's why I think, yeah, you can bring in the, the body weight to it. Another thing I heard, like Fort William, let's say that's a bigger rider's track because it's not terribly steep, but you have to carry your speed. Yeah. But one thing Danny's dad once said was Danny's good because it's Fort William's renowned for being quite windy at the top and Danny, Danny being a smaller rider doesn't get affected by the wind like what, say, Greg Minar or somebody like Nathan Rennie would. Yeah. Which also is... Yeah. you know so yeah they might not carry the momentum down a straight out of a turn just due to the weight but they also don't get hit yeah. by wind which but that's been like that's a track with no trees so if you've got a track with trees then the wind doesn't play a factor but yeah there's another thing there's all these little elements to it and you can see see why people wear the bloody tight shirts yeah, yeah. what yeah. do you reckon do you think the shirts are becoming too tight Kurt, you would have probably done some shirt mods for Eddie. Yeah, yeah, with um, oh, there was a few, there was a couple of seasons ago where our Bergamot shirts were super baggy, so he'd done some home jobby stitching and sewing, tied the shirts up, and he might have made one of the shirts a little bit too tight. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, it's definitely been creeping more towards the tighter race kit side of things. But I think it's a balance of more of like they're probably not thinking about it being faster in terms of aerodynamic um yet yet tighter fit clothing actually from experience as well i reckon it makes me ride better because you can feel the way your body's working when you when you got like that that the the, the tight kit to your skin you can feel the way your arms moving your legs are moving and i reckon it's more in that direction it's a comfier way to to ride um, all the all the all the riding wear is getting more tech as well. You know, you're getting yeah. your stretchier materials and more breathable materials, um, and then it's just natural that it becomes a bit tighter. Um, but yeah, definitely don't need to bring back the skin suits. That's no. for sure. Um, uh, the riders still look pretty gangster with the moto looking kits. Yeah, it has got a little bit, a little bit skin tight. Yeah, well, I feel like a few guys got called out for how tight their trousers. I think Loris Verge was definitely yeah. one that got. 
Oh, he was getting pretty see-through. It was almost <laughs> like his pants were painted on, but it seemed pretty good. I don't know. I don't think you can really regulate it either, but I don't know if it makes that much of a difference at the end of the day. I think yeah. it's more, like you say, in your head and how you feel. Indeed. And, I don't know, fashion, man. Mm. Fashion. <laughs> fashion, man. It's, it's a real thing. Indeed. But so that's yeah, that's Leah Gang, and then oh, on from we're, that we're, talk, we're talking about these riders. But hats off to the mechanics this week. It's pissing rain, and when it comes down to to it on a on a race weekend, it's pissing rain. It's those uh, those boys' skills that have to sort out the muddy bikes far out. Um, definitely not missing that part. <laughs> yeah, so this is something I was also keen to talk about. So I love, I hate watching them, but I love tracks when it's not very technical because of the tweaks that the riders have to make uh, sorry the mechanics have to make to the bikes in terms of tires even sidewalls mm. to try and just get every little inch out of the speed but like the how sick is it when riders put up full muds like today they've gone full spikes you don't see that very often and when that does happen it's just like yeah so yeah full muds. i love that <laughs> but i also love seeing what the mechanics do to try and reduce how where the mud gets in the bike so how was today we've seen how was it for you when it when you turned up and you could just hear the, the rain beating off your oh, ceiling in the morning you're like all right shit, me, i've got to do this to eddie's bike oh for me like it's i reckon that was only in the last season that i was working with eddie and if i was to go do it again that i'll be more tuning into little bits like that i've been developing as a mechanic over every season that um you kind of rock up to a race and you deal with shit as it gets thrown at you yeah um you know and like and i've always looked around the pits to see what other people are doing <laughs> and um and so does eddie eddie would come down and be like you know so-and-so's got this kind of guard mud guard going on we'll try something like that who's um, the don who's the don mechanic when you go into the pits and jason you're like marsh jason yeah. marsh don would you say who's the marsh probably yeah, he's, pretty, he's, he's pretty being a uh, kiwi too being a kiwi as well and from day one of me being on the world cup circuit with um, Eddie and the team, Marshy has been someone that we go to for things. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> like, yeah. Marshy's lived in France for how long? He's um, He knows how Europe operates and he knows how to make things happen in all kinds of areas. But um, yeah, Marshy's one of the dons. I think um, Marshy, for me, I don't know him very well. I've met him a couple of times, but he's, I think he's 50-50. And what I mean by that is like 50% of the time he's actually saying exactly what he knows and it's true it works it's pr- it's proven i reckon the over 50 it probably could even be 40 60 if not more like 40 being the bit that he actually knows and i reckon there's so much to him and he's just like he's just giving it a go he's got, that's his that's uh, his key this, his kiwi ingenuity this, it's, you know like the sense of humor that like it takes you so long to figure it out and it took me so long i was so intimidated by marshy for a long time like, I'm, I'm talking like I'm talking probably a couple of seasons that I was intimidated by Marshy because sometimes I talk to him and I'd really get what he's talking about. I'd get what he's joking about, and then other times like I just don't know what was going on. I couldn't figure him out, and um and yeah, it's like dry sense of humor or like this kind of like different kind of sense of humor with his Kiwi ingenuity and his quirkiness, <laughs> his own quirkiness. Um, but yeah, now that I've got to know him pretty well, I can sit down smoke a ciggy with him after the race and have a good yarn <laughs> yeah. like it's um no i think yeah, it's good but i mean that 50 i'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing this over 50 percent, but i think he's he's just trying something else out 
and he he he's partly convinced because like he's been around the the pits a long time. He knows what's mm. going on. He's not a he's not a dumb dude. He's like pretty smart dude. But he's giving it a red hot crack, and if it works, <laughs> it'll work. Like Eddie's story, Eddie, where he says Marshy obviously mechanic last for, for him last year when you were stuck here with COVID, but Marshy mechanic for him changed all his settings. Mm. Eddie jumped on his bike, said something's wrong, man, but my bike's wrong, and Marshy goes, "You passed the test." If Eddie had jumped on his bike, gone out and had the best ride of his life, would Marshy have just gone? Yeah, your, your settings were fucking nah, shit. I, don't, I, reckon this was, said, I reckon he would have said nothing. You reckon he would have said nothing? If you don't think he would have... If he'd have gone out on a heater and, like, you know, and, and I don't know what the circumstances would have been to know that if it was a heater, if he'd come down and been like, bro, this is this bike is nuts, what have you done? Or if it was a time run and you'd seen this unbelievable time, I reckon Marshy would have just, like, sat back and let it roll. He would have obviously <laughs> noted, like, yeah. what, he'd, what he'd done and knew what he was sitting on. But just let it roll. But it's a win-win, really. Yeah. It's like, well, unless unless Eddie came back and was like, without sitting on his bike, and if Eddie was like, this is the shittest bike ever. But uh, yeah, yeah he, who knows? He, but he I obviously imagine, he obviously put them way out to a point uh, that they could yeah. never have been good. I, I feel like thank, it must have thank, been. Thank fuck that Eddie found found the the feeling. Opened it all up or closed yeah. it all down or whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, I like that. I think I think it's pretty funny, and I think well, the fact that Eddie figured it out kind of probably says it all. Maybe that's yeah. where. Yeah. You know, Marshy knew yeah, the whole yeah. time it was just going to yeah. work out. And, uh, I reckon Marshy's the Don on the World Cup scene. Nigel. Nigel. Nigel, yeah. who's he mechanic for? He was, he was Stevie's mechanic, and now he's Matt Wallace's mechanic. Yeah, no, he's gone to Fo- he's Fox is he, Tech now. Is he Fox, oh, Fox yeah. Technician? Fox Suspension. Suspension yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you got Geordie as well on the Fox Tech. What's... You got... What did you... You right. run the the fox on the pivots, yep. and then yep. what? What were you? Were you Shram? No, were you we Fox. Were, we were fox yeah, yeah. So uh, cruise, yeah. You guys work with Geordie. I reckon, like, um, you know, Eddie's definitely got a really good relationship with Geordie, so um, that makes things quite smooth when you rock up to a tent and your rider's got a good yeah relationship with the techs in there, eh? How do you um, feel for Geordie being a guy that works for one guy, and then you look at Geordie who works with every top yeah, athlete oh, that'd from be, that'd be a pretty flat out um operation that they've got going on eh and i now that i'm involved with suspension stuff, yeah so you're new you're sorry to give it uh, more into kurt so kurt you now work for a suspension yeah I've, company. I've, I've just i've taken another um, another year off the world cup scene to basically um charge on with my new job which is I'm working at a suspension centre called CJ Suspension and I've been a bike mechanic for 15 years ish and uh, I've always only known how to service lowers or very basic suspension servicing nothing too comprehensive nothing to do with tuning um, I could do a couple of dampeners I could do a couple of variations of shocks but nothing to a you know comprehensive level um, so what I'm learning right now has really opened my eyes to those guys in the Fox tents and the Rock Shock tents and the workload that they get given on a race weekend. I find it really hard how they can give the same effort or time to each individual rider. Um, and this is when I start to think like far out, like what could be possible with these riders too? Because 
the pivot was the first team that I experienced a factory contract with a suspension um, sponsor. So the first time as a mechanic, I could take the suspension off a bike, take it over to the team, Fox in this instant, give them the suspension and walk away. So I, I think come back two hours later and the suspension's ready. When I came to Europe, uh, you were still on Bergamont yeah, and you were running the Manitous at the time. Yeah, and me, you had me, and, me, and Tom, me and Tom Lois would do a Noki rebuild at the start of the race week and service the Dorados ourselves. Um, How many times would you have to rebuild those oh, forks? Just once a race. Just once. Once a race, I'd do them fresh service every race. Those forks were sick, man. I've still got the Manitou Dorados on my current downhill bike and don't want to get rid of them like the I've, the way I know how to service them I make them feel better than they come out of the box but then so that's what I heard about unreal. Dorados yeah this is what every person that has them says Dorados are the best fork I ever owned when they're working yeah and they how are often, and they, no, like, but they're easy to make work to make work you just need to know a few little things yeah um, and <laughs> like, it is only like a couple no it's only a couple little things that like when I first started on the Bergamont team we had a really cool suspension tech from Germany called Jerome who reached out to Eddie and he came along to Leo Gang and just like showed me the ins and outs of the Dorado he, he was almost like a Manitou Dorado like super fan yeah and he owned a suspension center and his favorite fork was the Dorado I like the look of them I like yeah. the They're upside down forks look so cool but you know he showed us the ins and outs and from that day on me and Tom serviced the forks every race and we knew where to make make them you know we, we knew where to put the nice oil and the nice grease to make them feel super buttery and um, we had other teams around us that were on the Manitou Dorados and they were coming to us like asking us like what the hell are you doing we're watching your bikes in the Vital Raw and they're working completely different to our bikes and they thought we had put a RockShock charger dampener in there or something else in there and we're like it's a stock damper you know we just we just got them running mint and um and Eddie and Rupert were confident on the, those forks and thought they were good too and they were getting good results. Um, but that was it. I was on this team on Bergamont servicing the forks every race weekend and then come to pivot the luxury of taking the suspension off and taking it to Fox and coming back a couple of hours later and they were ready to go. But what, so, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm learning right now with the whole suspension game is like there's actually so much more time that can be put into this suspension with the rider which this factory deal with fox still isn't providing because they've got such a massive workload like Jordy, Jordy's servicing fucking 40 forks a day or something i don't know what they're doing but they can't take eddie aside pull down the shim stack and build something to his preference or the track so like right now me learning this stuff this is what i've told eddie and bernard and the team is like i feel like i should stick behind knuckle down with this job of cj and like what i want to learn or what i'm going to learn over the next year like this knowledge is going to be an asset to the team next year because we can now okay go to fox to get the basic servicing but i can pull the shock apart and i can build a shim stack with a tune that is going to be you know the, the kind of time that these guys at fox can't offer us um we've spent the last few years running what they say is the way to run it yeah and that's their opinion, whereas I'm hopefully going to build my own opinion. And if it is the same as them, then cool. But I might, I might find something that I think works better. So Well, that was going to be yeah. my question. So, like I say, Geordie has to deal with all these athletes. And he's probably got his more high-profile ones like Greg Minar, Aaron Gwynn, yeah. and whoever we else don't, on We Fox. don't know. Those, <laughs> those guys might get the special treatment where they have 
you know, a broken down shim stack to their preference. And some obviously they do all this testing with Fox in the off season as well. So they they've probably got that. But then there's this this massive big handful of teams and riders who are on a factory deal. But um, I've 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 never seen a shim stack of Eddie's shop. We just take it to Fox. They service it, and then we run the tune. Yeah. And Eddie's a good set and forget guy, so he, he can go to Geordie and be like, well, what's a base tune that most people are running? And then he'll build off that. He'll change his rebound a little bit and, and his air pressures and his tokens. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty excited. So you're to, going back? Uh, yeah, that's the plan. I'm pretty yep. keen to go back next year. Um, the only, well, few factors this year for not going, one being, um, well, covid still is a little bit uncertainty you know we're in this country where everything's tickety-boo humming along um i could get to europe and next week it all blows up and these races get cancelled and then you want to come home but our managed isolation in new zealand is booked out two months in advance so i'm stuck there for months until i can get a managed isolation quarantine so that was a little bit of uncertainty that i wasn't keen on plus i just started this job with cj he was really cool at the start of it he said well if you're going to europe that's sweet man like just do a couple of months with me now and then come back next summer and we'll crack on but after the first few weeks of me starting this job i realized if i was to leave for europe for six months and come back after only working with cj for a month or two i'm going to come back and not remember anything that i've learned because that's the way your brain works like yeah i'm just not going overseas and kicking back and fixing a bike like what we i'm having a six months of heavy experiences and I'm, I'm not gonna remember <laughs> yeah. of, all, of all kinds of nature maybe not quite the same nature as what we could do in the past um covid might have restricted a few of the few of the shenanigans we used to be able to do um but yeah that was my theory i kind of got stuck in with cj so gave eddie and bernard a heads up um eddie told me that you know if he was in my boots he'd be doing the same thing it makes a lot of sense um so we went that way but keen as next year and that's what i reckon i'm i'm hopefully going to have a whole lot of new knowledge that can asset the team and um, so, yeah. so but i think so staying behind is going to be beneficial for everyone with the knowledge you'll learn yeah and, and just my i've lived in queenstown for seven years and never never been able to build a proper setup because i leave every six months whereas right now i'm you know i'm i've just got a house well what happens yeah. if you return next year is uh pookie suspension tuning and you're not just looking you're looking no you know all the dark arts of suspension yeah you're, you're looking in the shim stacks of all the guys that don't get geordie's full attention and now it's well, uh, now you know, we can we can we can start with the boys shocks we'll still, um, my my theory my plan is to hopefully have like two or three different shocks for eddie's bike that have a different tune in them so we can rock up to a track and be like all right we'll try this one we'll try this one or you know you look at you can have something like that going on um and then if it's a successful thing and then we want to support these junior riders that come from New Zealand we'll start pulling their shocks apart and <laughs> I don't know the the world could be my oyster with those ideas um, yeah absolutely but yeah some cool things that CJ does CJ does a travel vacuum pump so um, basically he's got this um, set up from a company called WSS Suspension Wayne and it's a it's a vacuum um, bleeding pump for suspension that all you need is a air compressor and a power port to oh, run yeah. so our team truck is an air compressor and obviously a power port and there i can have our our vacuum um bleeder for the for the suspension dampeners so that's something that i can take with me next season too which will make all that happen 
How big is it? Nah, not biggest, but literally just kind of like a pump canister. Like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because Adriani, um, yeah, Adriani got pretty significant, right? Yeah, so they're so they're your proper pumps that we've got in, in the workshop, and yeah. um, what we've got here, it's a, a lot more manual. The one that CJ has is like a, I guess it's it's probably not marketed as a travel one, but it's a lot more travel friendly. Yeah. But yeah. it's probably something more suited for small bike shops. Yeah. For somebody that knows what he's doing. Um, yeah. Yeah, the Andriani one, you literally just hook it up, press a button, start, go. It does it. And it yeah. does all the processes, the filling, the emptying, the pressurizing, all that stuff. It does it on its own, whereas this one that CJ has, you'd be manually switching the switches and the dials to make those bits happen. So. Yeah. Yeah, and that seems like it's the sort of thing that would turn up on a pallet, whereas it's just like <laughs> you can actually fit it in your, yeah. in your, yeah, exactly, in your yeah. luggage. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty yeah. convenient. How did you find the the transition, Connor? From you started as a racer, you're on the um, what are they called? The Mondraker B team. Mondraker B team. The P team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit of a camp. I heard that one was. Oh, it's an interesting experience for sure. Yeah, but but it was basically like, um, I think they've kind of essentially merged it now. Like you see, this year they got Toby Meek is a guy, yeah, local guy, and um. Yuki Kashima and um, Tebow Laley, I think are the three riders I got this year. Which I guess you you know your main factory team I'm on Drake at the moment is Brooke, Eleanor, Farina, and um, Laurie. Um, so they've always kind of seemed to have had like this little wee sort of feeder team. But basically, yeah, I mean it was me, Matt Lorden, um, Fabian Ulrich, and Pascal Engel. They're both two Austrian guys and. Um, like we still had to pay like I think we paid quite a bit like we paid for our bikes and we basically just paid for our um, accommodation and food for the season mm. um, and yeah me and Matt sort of went over together and stayed in, in Schlabming and, and spent the whole a whole 2016 season in, in Schlabming obviously we still travelled to all the races and did then we did four World Cups and four European Cup series and German Cup or two and yeah just whatever was whatever races were going on basically and um i guess kind of probably spending similar to money that similar money to what you would if you were going over and doing your own privateer effort but have a bit of support at the races basically yeah i think, I think the de- development teams are good i, I think, think it's yeah, thing, it co- yeah it may may cost you the same financially for what you physically get but i think what you get for um in terms of the contacts through yeah, just meeting suspension people. or yeah. or whether it's yeah. even Shiram or Shimano. Yes, yeah. you get to meet a lot more guys because you got that initial introduction through the team, yeah. which is quite good. Yeah, yeah. But you went from that. How many were you on that just for the season? Yeah, just on it for the season, and like I, I could have gone back the next year, but basically, like I um, I just stopped racing after that. I I hit my head a few years prior actually, and pretty much from that point on, I was I just had heaps of issues with it. Was um, it a concussion? It was a concussion, yeah. I had a yeah. real bad concussion. Like it was, it, it but that, that took you up for a long time, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Probably, it was a good couple of months, actually. And and then just basically ever since then now, um, any time I hit my head, like it's, it's just more sensitive. And uh, I'll basically get those concussion symptoms from a pretty insignificant knock. Um, but I've sort of... It took me a long time to figure it out, and I think a lot of people are pretty like medically um, the knowledge is not and the research is pretty do you think people still 
this was a few years ago you got your concussion and yeah, it was two thousand still kind of suffering yeah, with the smaller crashes but do you yeah. think people have enough knowledge of that still or no no I think well I guess probably for people to have ongoing symptoms is probably pretty rare but um, and day to day I'm fine but it's just if I have my head I'm just not as as um, resilient as I would have been prior to that but yeah I mean I think probably a lot of people are pretty casual about it eh? but it's um, I've kind of I've found someone now in Invercargill who's who specialises in that stuff and she's basically has said to me that if you if you have ongoing system symptoms from a concussion basically beyond six weeks it's generally um, your neck or your vestibular system so for me it's my neck and it's just I, I presume what's probably happened is in that one where I had a bad crash it, it screwed my neck and it's basically um, your, your neck stabilises your head so if you have a crash the, those muscles in your neck aren't working properly and um, the old brain gets gets slopped around a bit more but yeah I mean I so I raced in 2016 and I sort of um, I had like I sort of struggled quite a lot that season with with headaches and and and, um, and just feeling shit like I spend just a lot of time in bed and 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 um, and with with really bad headaches and and just nausea and and it was kind of I got to the end of that season and I was like well if if it's still a problem for me after uh, after the New Zealand summer I'll I'll knock it on the head and and I was pretty good all summer and then I just had one at the end of the season and it was like a nothing crash and it and it screwed me up for quite a while and I was like. Oh, I was, um, I was kind of just over feeling shitty like it was racing's awesome but it's kind of like you, you can ride to you know your sort of 90% level and, and still have fun and probably not crash as often or you're pushing your limits trying to race and the crashes probably happen a bit more often so it was kind of like the quality of life decision yeah so I, end, I was actually I basically had, in 2017 I made the decision not to go over and race because I was fully intending to and I was I went out and bought myself a, a PlayStation. I was like pretty devastated. And I was like, I think I was just gonna. I don't know what, what I was gonna do for the winter. I was just sit down and play PlayStation all winter, you know. And then um, I was just scrolling through Facebook. You got the mechanic. Yeah, I, I, I saw uh, Steph Garlicky, South African fellow that I've met the year before. What team was yeah. that? Was he on a team? Or was he, he was, a privateer? He was privateering, but he put up a thing saying that he was looking for a mechanic. I was like, oh shit, I'll go do that. So, um, yeah, he, he was riding for Solid Bikes, which is a German brand, but we had a really good season, actually. Like, he, um, like, I pay, for, I didn't get paid, and he, I paid for most of my fly over there, and he more or less covered my expenses yeah. when I was there, but, um, he, he, Solid gave him a van, and he was, um, like, got bikes and stuff through them, and, um, Investec, which is like a South African bank, that he, he got quite a lot of financial support through them. And um, yeah, we had a real good season. These it was it was pretty cool actually because. So what's he on now? Is he's he still Scott. He's so he Scott. Scott now. Yeah, in Germany, Scott Germany. Um, but yeah, he's he's pretty had a pretty tough few few years actually, because I'm a mechanic for him and uh, another South African guy, Nico Velasco, and uh, well he's Spanish really actually, but in um, two thousand and eighteen, like dislocated his hip at oh. a race and and then the next year actually in league gang so like recovered from that and the next year in league gang he did the, did the same thing to the other one yeah broke dislocated like just made a mess of it so he's two two hips and in, in two years in one year basically um so he's basically had a pretty long road back really and, and then from that you 
well, you you got to you're a mechanic for a few years. After yeah, that, three so. years. So yeah, I did I did the year with Steph and and then year with him and and Nico and then the next year with was with Insync. Was that was a deal that Harry Malloy put together? Yeah, that's what Harry put together. Yeah. yeah. It was a pretty strange. It was a pretty strange setup, actually. So, basically, we were all on. Well, they were all on YTs. Yeah. But they just got them wrapped and covered and branded up as Insync, and Insync was. Um, I don't even know if they still exist, to be honest. But um, it was owned by Hero, which is an Indian company, and uh, like a huge company in India. They do. Um, I think they do like just basically a heap of cheap bikes in India, but they also do like we like mopeds that you kind of see in those uh, little Asian countries that we um, we mopeds and um, they'd started InSync in in the UK and the the aim was to be a basically a high end brand in the European market and that was Harry actually met them through like doing street velodrome like have you seen those real small, oh, yeah. small tight yeah, little I know those tracks, yeah. yeah and um basically proposed them that deal and and um we had like a good bit of budget in 2019 for that and and um it was actually like the the, the guy that was basically in charge of nsync was was pretty pretty into it and he was keen to put a big team together and basically had a four or five year plan to make it one of the you know like a proper big team like you see with specialized and yeah and stuff and, and you guys were almost like a marketing exercise for them basically yeah and he was he was keen as on it like they came to Fort William and um, and uh, and they were, they were frothing on the whole thing and then basically uh, long story short the, at the end of 2019 he had an argument over the phone with um, with the big boss in India and he sacked him over the phone oh. and that was the whole deal done yeah so like Harry and Veronica, like they didn't get paid for the rest of the season. Fuck. Like they lost 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 money on it and um like it since it was like late, like November, December, like they had no deal sorted out and yeah. it basically all went to shit. But it was, it was sort of one of those things that had the potential to be pretty awesome and, and it was a cool year that we had. But yeah, unfortunately all fell apart. Yeah. So yeah. And then since then I haven't well, same as Kurt, we're just the group of New Zealand mechanics that are stranded <laughs> we've stuck here <laughs> but then from that um, Vero's gone on to good things I guess with yeah. that, that team yeah. what, what's up yeah. Don and Har- Harry's tagged into that Saracen yeah. thing too eh? yeah. Yeah. So well, I, Harry was with Cyrus and Madison like a originally years. when yeah. they first started yeah. Yeah. it was the first yeah. sort of team Yeah. so it's, it's quite cool to see him back yeah, there yeah really cool and I think and then she's back there well she's followed him and they both got two year deals and I think like because Harry's like a writer slash assistant manager so from what it sounds like like I think he's they're going to try and transition him into like a full management role at some point but um, pretty much similar to Kurt as well with me like um, she you know they, they wanted me to go over and mechanic for her and Harry again and um, check a piss. I decided uh, same sort of thing like it's just better to stay in New Zealand at the moment you know um Indeed. So, it's just it's just a niggly time to travel, really. Eh? It's kind of New Zealand's so good. Eh? I, and I think I I don't know if you chat to many guys in Europe, but like I I don't think people realise how good we've got it here. Eh? Oh, exactly. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, that's it. It's just you've we can be so confident with what we want to do with our lives at the moment that we're going to be able to make it happen and carry on. 
I feel like anywhere else in the world you've got that uncertainty of like all right if I start doing this well in a month's time I might have to put it on hold yeah yeah exactly because <laughs> for some reason and like the well one of the thoughts was when I mentioned it to Bernard you know he's like yeah man but if it all turns to crap like you can be over here and be getting paid to just do nothing and ride your bike but I'm like well I'm at a point in my life when I want to be progressing. You want to actually achieve something, right? I want to yeah. be progressing. Yeah. Yeah, and if, all right, I might be getting paid to do nothing, but realistically, I'm going to be spending all that money I'm getting paid by Delete. trying to find things to do. Yeah. And with all the spare time that I've got. So, um, yeah, the confidence of being back in New Zealand right now and just, like, progressing with things yeah. and building. So when, like, the world might be back to somewhat of normality, I can... um take it on better than I ever had before um, and far out after five years of World Cup travelling it's quite nice to sit back and get a bit of a set up here <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah Yeah. and we were, I, well, we were chatting about it actually over text a while ago like after um, well you because you, you were doing a bit of arborist work over mm. the uh, over the winter and I start took over your position after you went back to the bike shop and we were sort of chatting about that and saying how you sort of you know, take for granted um, the you know summer in New Zealand, go up to Europe, do your season there, back to New Zealand. It's just like a, I almost feel like it's kind of like a, almost like a washing machine cycle, yeah. and you just get so used to it. Oh shit, yeah, yeah. So and then when it gets taken away, big it's big thing for me that last season that I was over in Europe, um, and even it was it was something that was that was quite close to me, like right up until COVID hit and the start of last season. I was taking a lot of shit for granted. I've done it so many times now, like so many years in a row. Um, the final season that I was with um, the team in 2019, um, I was going to these places I've been to before. I've been there every year for the past five years, and I was finding Oof. myself like not riding as much. And, you just get over it. And, eh? like I want, yeah, I was almost, almost I was almost yeah. over it. Like it was yeah. almost too normal that like I was taking a lot of it for granted and like and. A little bit towards the end of the 2019 season, I noticed these things about myself that I wasn't riding as much and I wasn't like getting to these places and just like wanting to get out there and go looking. Yeah. Because um, I'd seen it all before. Yeah. Um, and then the start of last season before COVID had kicked off, we went to Rotorua and I was feeling a little bit like, oh, I'm going to head overseas and just going to go do it because it's the thing that I do. Yeah. And um, the season's approaching and want to go, but I didn't think too much of it. Um, you know, having a girlfriend and a, and, and a job in Queenstown that I was really enjoying at the time too. Bikeaholic had re-sparked my drive in the bike industry in New Zealand. I was loving it. Yeah. All with things too that were making me feel this way. And then COVID hit. Boom. And I'm sitting at home for a whole month thinking about like how much I wish that I was traveling overseas right now working on a World Cup team. Yeah. And it threw me right back to reality and, and made me realize how much I love it. Um, and this is what it's doing right now too. It's my choice to sit back this year, but it's again, it's just making me more keen to do it again. Mm. I think I needed it. It's, yeah, blessing in disguise, this COVID thing. <laughs> it's so shit. Such a hassle and such a big, um, you know, it's wrecked havoc around the world and done so many bad things, but I feel like it's changed a lot of people's perspective on things too, which has been beneficial in some areas. Mm. For me personally, well, hopefully on the, we're on the back side of it now. We've, mm. Looks like a lot with the vaccine now being rolled out. Looks like a lot mm. of places are all starting to open up, and I think that's all it is. Once, as long as the health of people is staying healthy and people can get back yeah. to normal. Yeah, and uh, yeah, for sure. And it looks like like chatting to Vero about league at the moment. It sounds like 
it's um I don't know if you've had the idiot or Kurt, but it sounds like it's sort of similar ish to last year, like it's still got all the COVID yeah. tests and stuff, but from from the footage I've seen it kinda of seems like it's maybe a little bit more laid back. Obviously they got yeah, some well, like this after year after last year, they would have figured out the way the operations need to work, mm. and they just have it all flawed, flawless. You know, like yeah, um, they would have learned from last year how it needs to happen and all the things that need to be put in place. And this year, it'll just be be working like an like an operation that's yeah. made to work. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm confident a whole season will happen under the restrictions. Yeah. It'll be a little bit more normal for them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So well. Um, going back to Kurt, one I've been wanting to talk to you for a while because the good thing about it is he's always got so many stories, and we've hit an hour and a half. To wrap things up, I'd like to hear a an Eddie Masters Bergamon day story back when you were roughing it. If you can think of one, fire talk. man. Um, oh, I feel like Eddie's told this story in a podcast somewhere before, but basically, yeah, people ask me stories about on tour one always springs to mind and it was like man the first season I was on Bergamont I, I Eddie was so good at not making it obvious or like or aware to us that like how much of a shoestring budget he was on managing this team he was really well he'd, he'd done really well at budgeting himself with the budget that he had um, and also putting into consideration this this first season I, I was on Bergamont so for people Eddie, that don't know, Eddie was managing. Eddie was managing and, and racing, riding, racing, managing himself and. How many riders did you have? Himself and three other riders. It was Eddie, Rupert, Max was our junior, and Casey Brown, and me, the mechanic, and then we had Tom Lois hanging out with us about half the season. So I was doing sometimes four bikes, sometimes two bikes if Tom was around, but anyways, like. That, that kind of thing on a really shoestring budget and the next stitch up of that season was before I even got to Europe Eddie had flown over earlier to pick up a new team van and he'd teed up this like Mercedes Sprinter so like the budget at the start of the season was pretty nice it was it was it, it made sense it was going to work he'd obviously pitched a budget to the sponsors about all the things that he wanted to do with money and one of them was to buy a van so he, he had this money for the van and he found a really good deal on a Mercedes Sprinter in, in, in the UK. And it was like, it's a die for deal. He was like, you, mm. you got to be, this is awesome. I'm going to buy this. And he, the seller was talking to him through email. Um, and they came to an agreed price. And um, the, it was on eBay. And the seller had sent Eddie, well, it was all through PayPal. And Eddie got the email for the safe account for PayPal. So the safe account is where Eddie sends the money into PayPal. And until both parties say transaction is accepted, as in Eddie's picked up the van and the seller's sold the van, they're happy with everything, then the money goes through to the person. Yeah. But it happens when both people kind of yeah. click yes. Um, so Eddie's under the impression that, like, this guy's all good, the van's at a mean price. It was like £5,000 for a Mercedes Sprinter or something like that, and £5,500. And the guy was emailing him right up to the point that Eddie had got on his flight from New Zealand to London and he told the guy like cool I'm on my, pl- I'm on my flight I'm going to arrive in London on this at this time on this day yeah. the guy's like cool I'll meet you at the airport Eddie gets on the flight all good he gets to the other side he messages the guy and his email starts bouncing back and his money's gone you can. and it was a full blown scam this, this guy had sent Eddie an, an email 
from from <laughs> from www dot paypal three or something like some 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 email account that looked similar so it wasn't and, and 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 the safe account wasn't a safe account it was a personal account and the guy emailed him right up until he knew oh. that Eddie was going to be on a flight for fucking thirty hours or something that he had enough time to like backtrace all his shit so no. next thing no van but he teed up this trailer as well a team trailer that had awnings and everything it was from like a go-kart racing team and that needed to be picked up the next day so Eddie needed a van so he just went straight to the car yard and bought this van that we ended up calling Perucha because the, Perucha. the I, think, <laughs> I, think the, I think the story was the the radio the head unit that was in the van that Eddie and Rupert couldn't get to work immediately because it was in Russian or something and and instead of it saying like asking for code because you sometimes you need to put in those codes it just said Perucha yeah so then the van became named Perucha uh, but anyways like far out so that season you know he was already on the backbone of five and a half thousand dollars lost and he was having to like keep himself afloat by like he started a season with paying out the salary of each rider and a mechanic yeah. boom so they were just paid. He didn't have to worry about them anymore, um, or installments. But he had them like planned out. So like at the end of the day, you got to make sure your 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 team's paid, and then you sort your shit out after that. And it was the final race of the season. Val de Sol, uh, would I think would just come back from Canada as well. So there was a lot of f- travel involved right before this last race, and he was literally waiting for the last installment from Bergamont for the season because it was the last race um and it was going to come through on the monday and we after the race and we were at valdesol all week staying in this accommodation this airbnb and it came to the after party we all got pissed as woke up on the sunday morning to eddie outside the apartment beeping perucha's horn hurry up kid Casey, we're going, we're going now. And it's like, whoa, what the hell's going on? Like, it is out, well, far out. Like, the place is a mess because we've just gone a whole week of Hurricane Bergamont through the apartment. <laughs> yeah. I'm grabbing my shit as fast as I can, run out to the van, jump in, and then we beeline it back to the pits because we got to pack down our pits. And Eddie just pisses off straight away. And I think he went to go get some Wi Fi because turns out he was trying to message some other people from around the pits, like other team managers and owners that had stayed with us at points over the season that owed him money for accommodation that they'd had off us but uh, they hadn't paid him back yet yeah and turns out like, he couldn't afford to pay our accommodation and um and <laughs> and we we were needing like we, we were leaving and um and uh the money from bergamon wasn't going to be through till the next day because it was a sunday it was going to be for on the monday so we, he was in a bit of a pickle here and we picked, packed down the pits and Eddie still wasn't anywhere to be seen and uh, me and Tom were still so hung over from the party the night before so we went to sleep in the van and I woke up to like this banging on the window and I put my head up and there's a Italian police officer and the lady that owns our apartment and she's come down to the race looking for us she's found us because well our van, our, van, our van was a pretty fucking standout piece of shit so they could find it easy <laughs> And the police officer just said, ask for my passport. And I'm like, nah, man, like, you know, even mine. I'm like, I know why you're here. So I just gave them Eddie's. <laughs> I'm, like, not my, I'm like, not my problem. Like, this isn't anything. This is not my problem. But yeah. here's Eddie's passport. And then Eddie comes back. And I think the police officer walked with him all around the pits for him to, like, find these people that owed him money. Yeah. And while I had to sit there with the owner of this apartment being 
She's like, oh, I've been to New Zealand before. I think it was such a beautiful country. But this experience has made me think the opposite. I don't like New Zealand anymore. I think New Zealanders <laughs> and Kiwis are dickheads. So, oh, shit. Oh, it made me feel the worst. Um, but, yeah, we tried to do a runner. Tried to do a runner from the accommodation. And uh, sure enough, like I think we we're literally driving away from the race. We got the money cleared up. We got Eddie's passport back. We got the lady paid. Kept the little coach. But uh, I think we drove away from the race and the money had just gone into the account and we left. <laughs> so, so if you just stayed so around. Shit. <laughs> uh, but it's just one of them, like, far up. I got a bank. I got a big bank. Yeah, well... Lots of stories. Yeah. Lots of stories. I was thinking... I, oh, go on. I was thinking before, actually, when we were talking about um, wet races, the uh, the great four-wheel pivot catastrophe of uh, 2018. What was that? Oh. When the, when the, the basically they didn't have oh, enough fall on their tents. Bernie's, Bernie's new William. World Cup set up. Oh, and William and the whole tent just, the whole awning off the big rig just collapsed. Really? Yeah, we'd, we'd, we'd <laughs> had the truck for... That is such... We'd, a, we'd, it was, it was <laughs> pretty yeah. funny, but Bernie was not stuck. No, that's, that's such a... Basically, that like, we just didn't have a big enough angle yeah. on the awning. It yeah. was like, we are kind of almost on like raised up ground, but we'd only set the truck up once in Croatia and it hadn't pissed rain there, so we didn't know it would build puddles it was very sunny and then though. like Fort yeah. Bill was like torrential pissing rain and then like oh in Scotland me, really me, me and pretty rare but... everyone's gone home for the evening after practice and Ugh. after qualies and me and Barney are in the pits on our own and it's pissing rain so we're pretty off it you know we left it Fort William pits with pissing rain living in the truck and the next thing we look up and it's like oh it's oh puddling. shit and it was, it was by the time we noticed that it was beyond the point of of helping it because it was already starting to cave down <laughs> and we tried to push it up no it's too heavy so then we just ran him with a Stanley knife and just slid it open but it was like I feel like the moment we slid it was the moment that the awning buckled so you cut the, yeah. you cut the awning and it fell as well brand new yeah. awning brand new awning like yeah. Bernard to pay for a printed pivot awning and we had no no other thing to do but to try slice it and we just popped it <laughs> and then it still collapsed like the right hand corner in it and it collapsed onto <laughs> Bernard's race bike. Like, no, I'm gonna find on the on, on my phone and the stands like just like yeah, the stands fold like, in half. Fold in half. For, what a Bernie's bike. A Bernie's yeah. bike. Yeah, it was, it was after quality, eh? Yeah, after yeah. quality. And then so then on race day we had two easy ups. <laughs> we were Next all in track. <laughs> I was like in yarning to these guys yeah. none of my guys were qualified I'd never heard this story I, about the I was at Polygon across the road and then it just went down and, off. and we were all holding it up eh, trying yeah. to get it off um, off Barney's bike because Barney yeah. was standing stand yeah. to work on the bike yeah. and like, yeah. 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 and then bring up Bernie and Bernie comes in like what oh, yeah, that, was, that was definitely one of the biggest lows of factory racing. <laughs> no, just like just because it was our responsibility, you know, and like, but like we didn't know now. Well, now we every now every, every single race when it starts raining, we prop up the the awning on on the bars. We put like helmets or something up there to prop it up a bit more to get like yeah. to get more of a water stream off the end. And we tighten the shit out of it. Like we get these ratchet straps on there now and just tighten the fuck out of it. But that was. The first experience we had of any paddling and it was like torrential so we didn't even have any like thing to build off it was like oh shit that puddles up boom um but yeah thankfully it was fort william to leo gang 
and we had to drive straight there, but we had backup awning supplies at Bernard's house. So his brothers drove up to the Newcastle yeah. ferry to drop off the parts for us, and we were sorted for the rest of the season. And from what I'm aware, for the rest of its life, we haven't had any other issues since then. So. You live in your life? Well, mm. if you made the mistake oh. twice, there's a problem, but you make a mistake oh. once and learn from it. Drop down. Yeah. Power. Well, I like to I like to try and keep them at an hour and a half, but we've punched that out. But I reckon I want to have another catch-up after the race. And yeah. I reckon we may as well just yeah, sounds good. All mate. three Maybe of us yarn again if you're a okay. few more stories, yeah. eh? Yeah, we got heaps of stories for days like those two. Yeah. So yeah, let's <laughs> let's see whose fantasy team wins, and catch up after the race. Smooth lines, roll the speed. It's beautiful. Yeah. Smooth lines, roll the speed, Connor, or you just go. I've got any catchphrases. Yeah. No catchphrases. <laughs> All right. Ciao.